Hi guys, welcome to Xin Chao, aka Hello in Vietnamese. This podcast is a collective space where we come together to talk about all things lifestyle, career, and share our diverse perspectives. I'm Chelsea. And I'm Jeanette. Today, let's talk dating then versus now. Before we dive in, I wanted to take a quick moment to introduce ourselves. My name is Chelsea. I grew up as an only child, raised right here in Houston, Texas. My parents immigrated from Vietnam. I'm a first-generation Asian-American, and unfortunately, I did not bring honor to my family by being a doctor, a lawyer, or an engineer. Instead, I worked primarily in tech sales at a few large companies, and in my free time, you can find me using my curiosity, exploring different cultures, and trying to maximize life. We hope to bring you value and shed some light on unique perspectives from our experiences, and this is my partner. Hi, everyone. I'm Jeanette, and I was born and raised in the suburbs of Detroit by my immigrant Vietnamese parents. Being an only child and a woman, I spent most of my life doing the opposite of what my parents expected and thriving off of moments where I am able to prove my dad wrong. Uh, by having that mindset, I am now a marketing professional with experiences at a few large companies, and I spend my free time traveling and living my best life. My entire life is a series of spontaneous decisions, so I'm so excited to share those experiences with you. All right, let's finally talk some dating. So Jeanette, I don't know about you, but I think when we were younger, I don't know if I read too many Disney movies or saw too many Disney movies or read too many <laughs> Disney books growing up, but I definitely feel like when we were younger, we we're super shallow. Definitely. I think when I was younger, and when I say younger, I mean high school, college, I definitely was really like a guy would capture my attention with his looks. And if he was really hot and like my friends were like, yeah, he's hot, I will give him a chance no matter how bad he treats me or how boring he is. I think for me at the time, it was as long as he's hot we're good. <laughs> and it's just so funny because the expectations when you're younger were so low. And I think, again, that whole culture from watching cartoons and Disney movies and having, I guess, just the bare minimum of that, you know, knight in shining armor kind of whole chivalrous thing where it takes them no effort to get to that point of being happy. They just show up and it works really did some damage for me in my early 20s because I didn't have any expectations it's yeah kind of I think I was yeah just thinking back on back then expectations like for me I was like oh my gosh he responds to my texts we're like texting back and forth for like a period of days like that's awesome this is amazing wow <laughs> <laughs> I know and so, so if other people think they're attractive or they you know hold a somewhat decent job then they have decent parents or whatnot it's like okay let me give this person a chance when now it's just expectations have changed so much so can you remember any of I guess the worst dates you had when you were younger early 20s or anything like that that's worth laughing about yeah I think one of the bad days I had was I went out with this guy um, and we knew each other from high school. So I was like, oh, you know, I know like his friends, what he's like for the most part, it should be good. So we went out to eat and we, um, went back to his place after. And I remember he was like, oh, do you want to watch a movie? And I was like, yeah, that, that's great. Sounds normal so far. Had a great time. Nothing weird. We sat down and watched a movie and he put in, he put on Step Brothers. And I kid you not, the entire time he sat there and quoted 
stepbrothers word by word the entire movie. So basically I'm watching the movie and I'm listening to him on my right, just quoting the movie the entire time for two hours. And I'm- That sounds like torture. Oh yeah. I was like, when is this going to (laughs) stop? And it kept going and I never went back for a second date after that. That was a very interesting experience for me. (laughs) No, see that to me sounds, I don't know why at that age we thought, you know, going to lunch or going to the movies was the best date because if you really think about it, watching a a movie is basically heightened anxiety for the whole hour and a half to two and a half hours. Cause you're there trying to pretend like you're focusing on the movie, but then you're actually not because you're afraid that they'll like touch your hand or they'll bend over. Or how do I make the least noise when I'm grabbing that popcorn and not? Yeah. How does my breath smell? (laughs) (laughs) And now it's so different. Right. But again, I wish that our parents did talk to us a little bit more about that, but for me, and I know you also having Vietnamese parents, it's kind of a taboo topic. It's not like they told you immediately what to look out for in your knight in shining armor, right? It's like, no, it's more of like, school. yeah, it's more of like, do not date until you're done with college. And that was the discussion. <laughs> were your parents like super protective of that? My parents were, I think they were super protective up until high school. I remember I had my first boyfriend in high school. I was 16 and I kept him a secret for three months, which back then felt like a very long time. And I came home one day because he dumped me and started crying to my dad. He dumped you? No, what was the reasoning? Um, Oh, because I wouldn't (laughs) tell my parents that we were dating. (laughs) Oh, that sounds like Yeah, I came home crying and my dad was like, why are you crying? So I had to tell him. And after that, he told me, he was like, I think I would just rather you be honest and tell me when you have a boyfriend than hide it from me. So after that experience, they stopped telling me that I had to wait until I was done with college to have a boyfriend. So it was a blessing in disguise. (laughs) Oh, as all Asian parents are, or all parents really are for the most part. So I guess that really dictated the kind of guy you liked, right? Because for me, when I was younger, I always thought, you know, I wanted a businessman. I don't know why. I guess it was the whole thing of watching my dad not sleep that much, come home every day in his little corporate clothes and leaving at 6 a.m. and his little briefcase coming home. I was like, okay, I need to find somebody with glasses and they need to be a businessman. So for the longest time, I would have crushes on guys who had glasses and were seemingly kind of nerdy, like engineers. And that was my expectation, right? It nothing about boundaries or knowing about toxicity within the relationship or working through anything, but it was just, if they went to a good school, if they had a career chosen and if they didn't go to jail, because that's something that my parents always grew up, like, make sure you stay away from the bad ones. What did I look for? Let me think. I think I wanted, I liked it when they were tall because my family oh, and they're, they have to be tall. Yes. Yeah. Cause my family, they were all short. And for me at that time, I was like, I can't date a short guy. Cause then I'm going to have short kids and I want my kids to be taller than I am. I'm five one, by the way. So, uh, yes, that is and, travel size for people yep. who don't know. <laughs> uh, so definitely was looking for someone who was tall. I wanted someone who was smart because I was like, if they're smart, that means they're going to be successful. And hopefully I could be a stay at home mom in the long run, but that was, I mean, that has changed yeah. much <laughs> since we apparently work all the time, but it's again, the transition to dating now is what are your expectations today? Right. 
And yeah. I'll go to mine in a second, but I think that huge transition is hilarious. No, it really is funny. Um, dating now, definitely. So let's see, college, that was quite a few years ago. So I think through dating in college and even high school, and then to now, I think based on all of my dating experiences, I know that if he wanted to, he would. So I learned that I shouldn't expect the bare minimum and it's okay to look for what I want and to expect things that are a little bit higher than the bare minimum. And it'd be okay because if they were the right person for you, then they do it. Yeah. And that sounds to me like what you're saying is you gain the confidence to trust yourself. Cause I know the bare minimum is so different for everybody. Mm-hmm. For me, it was more so the things I look into now, it's just such a long list, but it's, you know, how do they treat their family? Mm-hmm. How do they treat their friends? How do they deal with conflict resolution? What do they do when they, how do they act when they don't get something they want and yeah. what have they achieved in a certain time frame, and just all these things. It's just the list goes on and I'm so blessed to have that sense of awareness now, but that's really the main thing when we're looking when we're younger versus now is just your expectations have gone through a whole different level because of all the trauma and life experiences you've had. And of course we have so many options today. You know, I think we really are in a society where everyone's into decommitment with all the different social media we have and just the different ways to date. But I know that you've actually had a great success story with dating apps. So do you want to let us in on a little bit about that? Yeah. So I have been with my current boyfriend for almost five years and I actually met him when I was 23. So I was on vacation. I was actually uh, visiting Houston at the time. And I remember I downloaded Bumble for the first time that weekend for fun. And I, it was New Year's Eve weekend. So I was thinking to myself, I don't know anyone here. So I feel like if I download Bumble, I match with a few random guys. I could ask them what is going on for New Year's Eve in Houston. And then based on that, we could come up with New Year's Eve plans. So I downloaded Bumble. I matched with a few different guys. Um, One of them was my boyfriend now. And I remember matching. And you weren't looking for anything, right? Just you were just in that phase exploratory where you're just kind of doing your own little rotation of what are the new opportunities of guys that I can possibly see and meet? Yes, exactly. I was single and I wanted to be single because I was in a relationship before that for about two and a half years. So I was ready to just be single for a little bit and I've never met anyone off of a dating app. So this was my first time downloading Bumble, my first time using it. And I matched with uh, my boyfriend now, his name is Mark. And I remember he was super nice, not creepy, was giving me all these different suggestions to um, go to in Houston. And I thought, wow, like he's so nice. And he was like, yeah, I'm actually going out to Midtown tonight. So if you and your friend wants to come meet up with me and my friend, like we can meet at this bar. So I thought about it and I was like, well, you know, at least I'm with my friend and he's bringing his friend. So it shouldn't be too weird. So I, just said, you know, let's just do it. I'm on vacation. <laughs> so I ended up meeting him there. And I remember going in and thinking someone else was him. And this guy had a sweater tied around his neck. And I was like, oh no. <laughs> oh no. 
I was ready. I turned to my friend. I was like, we should just leave now before he sees us because I don't think this is going to work out. And then a part of my brain was like, well, he's so nice. So I could just say hi and be like, thank you so much. And then leave, you know, after. And I remember walking up that guy and was like, oh, are you Mark? And he goes, no. And I felt so relieved. And I remember turning and the actual Mark like came in with his friend and he was this tall guy, very nice, very friendly. And I was like, okay, it's a good thing. I didn't just ghost him. <laughs> I'm sure the clouds parted and some rays of sunshine came through. Cause there's always that, oh my God, is that them? And then if yeah. it isn't, then you get anxiety from that. But just to give everybody a disclaimer, this story is one that maybe 1% of people have. And the reason I'm asking her to share it is it actually was a long distance relationship where I felt like should have been a TV show or something. So let us know a little bit about your initial dating and how you guys would meet up in different cities. Yeah. So we hung out maybe a couple times before I went back to Michigan and we kept in contact here and there. And he actually invited me to Tampa uh, in February. So that was maybe a month after we met. And I remember thinking to myself, I barely know this guy, but also it's super cold in Michigan and I could use some sun. So I was like, again, I was like, well, I risked it the first time and it was fine. So I'm going to risk it again. And I'm going to book that flight. I'm going to meet him. (laughs) (laughs) Clearly you live life on the edge because I would have been so scared to do that. Oh no, I'm super cautious. My fear is getting snatched. But at that time I was like, you know, if I get snatched and something happens, at least I'm tan and I'm in sunny Florida, it's fine. Um, (laughs) So I ended up meeting him there and I met him there. And then after that weekend, we decided to date exclusively and we were doing long distance because I was a college student in Michigan and I was just, you know, and he's living in Houston. And there was no plans for us to like move to Michigan or Houston. So we were like, okay, let's just do this long distance thing. Give it a shot. See how it pans out. And we ended up uh, seeing each other once a month. So I would fly down to Houston or we'd meet in different places. So we met in San Diego. We met in Toronto. It was really fun because I think it's so fun to me. And now fast forward, how many years later has it been? Uh, That was back in 2017. So I think four years. Oh, see, so there are great success stories with all the dating apps. So I love hearing that from you guys and we're really good friends. So I have seen them together and they, to me, are such an aspiration because I think that a compatible couple is one where they truly accept each other for who they are. And I definitely see that in real time life with these two here. So (laughs) for me, I was going to say, what about you? Like, I know I met Mark off the apps, but how have you been meeting? um So my whole thing, I don't have anything against dating apps. You guys, this is just a disclaimer of me being stubborn. So I told my friends many years ago that I would never use a dating app because I didn't want to off somebody based on, you know, a profile that they curated, which again, we all have that with social media. So I was like, okay, whatever. Let me but you've never used a dating app ever. No, I haven't. And that's the funny thing is usually with me, I, I'm, I love to connect with people and I love to be out and about and meet others. So I've met most of the people I've dated through friends of friends or just different life experiences where I just come together with somebody, or I guess when you're 30 and you get older, people love to introduce their other single friends to you. So that's just mm-hmm. been a whole journey. And my last long relationship, 
I actually met him at a bar through another mutual friend. So that has been working for me. I'm not saying that I wouldn't ever use a dating app, but just right now I want to see how far that can go because a part of me wants to kind of emulate back in the olden days with our parents, how they would all meet each other face to face. I love that. I think this day and age, everybody just thinks, okay, like let's download the dating app because it's the easiest and quickest way to meet somebody. And I think to challenge yourself and not use the app and to try and meet people organically. I think that's very admirable. And I think that's something that not a lot of people even think about. So. Yeah. And for me also, it's so funny. I've had some of my really good friends off people or not date them because of a photo like, Oh, this person has a big left toe. I don't want to see them anymore. Or they see them in person and they're just like, oh my gosh, this person looks terrible. Let me just dip out. I don't know. I find that if you meet them in person in the beginning, it just, I I think of it as like, okay, I don't have to waste makeup or my time in order to set up with this person and see them. So that's my whole thing. It might change in a few months. I don't really know. I'm still in my exploratory phase. But also I think with dating apps, like some people don't photograph well, but then in person, they look completely different and they look really good. So I think sometimes that can be limiting for people. Oh, for sure. And if they know how to use social media, because I can definitely tell you the last few men that I've dated do not use social media at all. And I kind of like that the whole mystery to it or whatnot. So I'm like, they would never have, I would never have swiped right on them ever if they were (laughs) in the social media world. So that's something I'll definitely explore, but I guess when that goes into first date category and all that stuff, what did, what would you say were some of your green flags when you were dating and what you saw as good first dating experiences? I think, yeah, yeah, I think good first dating experiences for me is when the guy asks questions about me and I'm not the only person asking questions about him. I think it's important when the guy wants to genuinely learn more about you and your background and like where you come from and like what your interests are. Um, and this, this sounds silly, but, uh, I think one of the things that drawn me to Mark originally was, I remember we were, out at dinner and we, it was like, I think our second or third date. And he asked me, he's like, what's your favorite color? And I was like, no guys ever asked me what my favorite color was. Like, that's kind of cute. Um, so just <laughs> things like that, it sounds like very small, but I think it shows that he's being thoughtful and he genuinely just wants to know like every little thing about you. And I think that's a really big green flag for me. Oh yeah. I, I love that just because for me, same, it's just that genuine chemistry of the conversation. It's like when you throw a ball and they pick it up and they throw it back to you. Mm -hmm. So that back and forth. And what I've noticed are good first dates for me is when they really take initiative to plan something, because for me, I love to plan things. I love to just introduce people to new experiences. So when you tell me and ask me, you know, what do you like? What do you like to do? And then give me options. I think that's a great starting point. So hint to everybody out there, you should definitely plan more dates just because that does show effort and effort usually ends up in something good if the people are compatible. So I know a lot of people, at least I've heard my friends now who are still single, a lot of them are going through, okay, what are good first date ideas or good options or things like that? And so do you have any tips for them on good places to go or how they get about finding and a memorable first experience for their first dates? Yeah, I think um, one of the things that would be fun is to do maybe like a cooking class together or 
to go to different food halls and try like different cuisines and being able to bond over things like that. I think, you know, being able to do something together and like be able to talk to each other during that time, like that's really fun. Cause I think the traditional like dinner and movie, like, yeah, you talk at dinner, but then at the movie, you can't really talk to the person. So I think something that gives the opportunity to get to know each other during the time that you're spending together is really fun. Um, and then also just sharing experiences, maybe like going to um, like, I don't know, like a concert or something like that, something that can just help you bond with the person and get to know them better. Yeah, I think that's really setting the pace for success. So, and I know because we have so much access to everybody now via social media, et cetera. I think looking at their profile, seeing if there's anything that stands out to you about the person mm -hmm. that might be of interest to them. So doing a quick Google search and finding out different events or experiences that are happening yeah. in the area, different places to eat, just different things where you can really get that little dopamine rush when you're together mm -hmm. is apparently something that makes you bond with the person immediately. Yeah. So, I think that's a really good idea. So like, if you notice like on a girl's profile that she likes art, like you could always plan like a museum day or like an immersive art experience. Like that's something that I think would be really cool. And the person will be like, wow, like, how did they know? <laughs> Exactly. And just picking up the phone call to talk to people, I think is important too. Even though I say this, I'm being super hypocritical because I avoid phone calls like crazy, unless I actually want to talk to you. <laughs> but I think that's all super important. I know it's all super important. And this also applies to all people who aren't single, because I did hear for couples have been together for a while. It's so important to, if you have kids or a significant other or whatever, to once, once a month, to get a babysitter or whatnot and yes. continually engage in that new experience with that person because the new experiences, again, that dopamine rush really gets you into bonding with that person more and then just overall keeping life exciting. So yeah, that's something I, I love that. Like Mark and I, we always make sure to go on at least one date night per week. And it includes us trying a new restaurant or doing something different that we haven't done before, like going to the aquarium or going to like a new museum exhibit, things like that. And it is really fun because like every week, like I look forward to that date that we're having and it just feels like, you know, we're still dating and we're not just coexisting. Yeah. And that's the worst, right? Where you just become one unit and everything becomes the same, but more so I think that helps with the self-awareness aspect. It's like, if you're continuously trying to grow your relationship and experiencing new things together, you continuously learn about each other. And for me, being in a good relationship means not only evaluating you guys as a whole, but how am I putting myself in front of new opportunities or new things to do? Because ultimately we don't want to be in relationship with somebody who you're doing the same thing every day. You yeah. need consistency, obviously, but that really helps with, again, working on yourself and the relationship. And it also helps with you understanding what green flags to let in and then what red flags to not. Yes. And you should never settle. You should definitely know what you want and what you don't want. And you should never compromise what you don't want, especially if it's going to interfere with your happiness and what you're looking for in life. And it's so funny that you say that because it took me so long, I would say maybe in the last year and a half or so to finally realize mm -hmm. that you really put up with what you accept. Mm -hmm. So I know for you and Mark, you mentioned to me before that something that made you realize that he was your person was his amount of kindness. So I guess, how did you what are the main things that led you to just understand that this is your person? And how did you come about that? I think the fact that I voice what 
I'm looking for or what I want. And he never makes me feel bad for it, or he'd never argue about it. In fact, he'll tell me, he's like, I want to make sure that you're happy. And I want to make sure that you understand that like your happiness is important to me. And I will do like the best I can to make sure that you're happy no matter what. Cause with my ex-boyfriend, I think one of the issues I ran into was I would tell him what I'm looking for and what I want, and he would make me feel bad for it. And his response was, that's not me, or I don't, I'm not, I don't do that. And it made me feel really bad. Cause I'm like, am I asking for too much? Like, it's just unreasonable. But honestly, when you meet the right person, they will do those things for you because they want you to be happy and they put your happiness above it not being them or what they're used to or what they're comfortable with. So that's that's really important. When you meet the right person, they're going to make you feel heard. Yeah. And it's, that sounds to me like that's acceptance. So I was doing some reading and they said, basically the four types of love that you need, which I believe that you're definitely fulfilled in this is physical love to obviously touch and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Mental love is acceptance, understanding, you know, emotional love, that connection, and then spiritual love, which is chemistry, meaningfulness and all that. So I guess understanding each other and looking at how, when we were younger, (laughs) when we didn't look at any of those things and we put up with things that eventually led to us having a ton of trauma and just understanding yourself and growing. And until now, how you've been able to identify all those things in a partner, we're continuously working on that and just trying to do better. So Mm -hmm. with that being said, can you highlight, um, I guess, a best date or something impactful that you remember? And I'll share something that I've done. Okay. Uh, I think the best date I've had was I think my third time coming back to Houston uh, to visit Mark. And I remember I flew down and before I flew down, he texted me, he's like, okay, so here are all the things that are going on in Houston this weekend. What would you like to do? And I remember looking at that and I was like, wow, I've never had a guy ask me what I wanted to do and give me options because he's done research and having me choose. And I thought that oh, was that's my love language. Yes. I was like, that is so sweet. So I remember, uh, we, I chose going to, I think the museum of fine arts. So we went there and then he also gave me a list of like good restaurants, uh, to choose from. So we went to the museum, we went to dinner and then we, uh, ended up going out for dessert or something like that. And it, it sounds like a typical date, but I think the fact that he did research, he gave me options, and then I was able to choose from the list of things. And he continued to do that every time I would visit. And I, and it just never stopped. And he still does it now. And I'm like, this is so nice, because I've never had that before. Oh, that sounds so cute. I love that. Just that whole being able to just rely on somebody to continuously give you those good experiences. Yeah. Um, No, but for me, I think mine was a surprise flight out of the country. (gasps) I know it was, you know, with one of my previous partners, we had, I guess we're going through a time. And so what we did was he just said, Hey, are you free this weekend? And I said, yeah, I am. He goes, okay. So here's a list of places we could fly to which one do you want to go? And I said, okay, this one. So we, we literally packed, I kid you not. I threw all my stuff together in my bag. I had like 15 minutes and we just went. And so we ended up at super ad hoc going to, you know, a different country, bouncing around from place to place and not knowing what we're doing next, but it was one of the most fulfilling, but also just knowing that that person was saying, Hey, I'm going to stop my life right now because what you told me is meaningful and I really want to make it work. 
this is what we're going to do. So that was special, but amazing. I I would want to call that like a movie date, like something you would see in a rom-com. Um, so I'm very happy for you that you got. Yes. I also give a lot of love in return though. So we'll definitely, we could talk about this forever, but we'll definitely talk about that in another episode, but Jeanette, did you have any closing comments or anything for our listeners to continue to listen and look forward to? Yeah, I think, you know, just stay on topic with this podcast. You should just always remember to never compromise what you're looking for and like your happiness should come first for yourself. And if the right person comes along, they're going to want to embrace your happiness and they're going to want to make you happy. And you should never have to settle for something that you don't want to settle with. If your heart is telling you that this is something I cannot settle on, don't do it because the right person will not make you do that. Yep. And I guess closing for me would be, I think that a good relationship consists of a lot of freedom. For me, love is freedom and freedom to be yourself and to be accepted. So thank you for listening, you guys. Moving forward, we'll definitely have a lot of different topics based around Asian American culture, business, romance, and just any wild card topics that you guys might throw our way. And of course, we'll definitely have guests moving forward too. So thank you for listening. Thank you guys. 